welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. Excellent. Well, as Tony said, uh, I want to finish the series tonight on living with margin. And uh, Tony started it three weeks ago, and then I spoke two weeks ago and interrupted rather nicely by Ashley last week. And so we do want to bring it to a close. And you may remember that uh, we started by saying that margin is simply the amount allowed beyond that which is needed. So when you're talking about creating margin, a margin is the amount allowed beyond that which is needed. Or possibly for you it might make more sense saying it's the difference between what I have and what I need. And when I spoke two weeks ago, I just mentioned there were three areas that we needed to create margin in our life. And I uh, spoke about how we can create some financial margin, uh, how we can create some relational margin, and then thirdly, how we can create some emotional margin. And what I want to finish with tonight is another area that I believe we need to create margin in, and maybe one of the hardest and probably biggest, which is why I've got the whole time tonight, um, is it margin in our time. Now, if I said to you tonight, a show of hands, who here has ever said, I wish there were eight days in the week? Or I wish there were 36 hours in a day? We've all been guilty of saying that. Can I be the bearer of bad news tonight? If I magically, somehow, supernaturally granted you an eight-day week or a 36-hour day, do you know what you would do? As I would, you're right. We wouldn't use it wisely or properly. We would just simply fill it up. So the secret isn't getting more time, as in units of time. The secret is be able to make margin in our time. And guess what will happen? If we make margin in our time, we'll feel like we've got an eight-day week or we'll feel like we've got a 36-hour day. Now, for some of us, it's like, I'm not coping with 24. Please don't give me 36. But what I'm saying is if we make a margin in our time, we'll be able to do the things that possibly we're not doing now in our 24 hours or in our seven days that are making us say, I need eight days or 36. Does that make sense? So what I want to do tonight just quickly is share just some tips on how we can create margin in our time. And I feel again, uh, I think I said two weeks ago, I kind of feel silly at the simplicity or the practicalness of it, but I can't get around it, under it, or over it. It is simple as, and that's why I often find myself banging my head against the wall thinking, how can I mess it up? It is that simple that I keep messing it up. So again, it's simple, but I don't think I'm the only one here who has found myself at the end of a week or the end of a day going, where did it go, and look at what I still have to achieve. All right, so hopefully, don't throw things at me because it's simple. Hopefully, being so simple, we can go, oh, I can do that. All right, so first key, we're talking about how we can create margin in our time. The first key is we need to evaluate. Luke 14, verses 28 to 30 says, Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Will he not first sit down and estimate the cost to see if he has enough money to complete it? For if he lays the foundation and is not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule him, saying, this fellow began to build and was not able to finish. Now, we can see the wisdom in a statement like that. 
You can look at that scripture and go, well, that makes sense. You know, who here ever decides, you know what, I'm going to build a house. I'm going to buy a car. I'm going to do this or do that without sitting down and actually thinking, can I do this? Evaluation simply means to assess or to make a judgment. It's to ascertain the worth. This, what that scripture is saying is that we would, if we were going to build a tower, we're going to sit down and say, actually, can I do this? And you know what fails or never fails to take me off track is to think how many times I hear something and I never sit down and evaluate, actually, what does that mean for me? And when we're talking about creating margin, we've got actually all of us have got to sit down and say, when I'm talking about creating margin in my time, how does that fit for me? And here's a really good question you need to ask, is why am I not having margin? Why do I lack margin? It's an amazing, as Tony said, you can stand up here and preach and it's, it can be scary and daunting because you don't know how people are going to interpret it. You don't know what they're going to think of it. And how they, but, you know, a lot of the time people hear it and then they just go, okay, what's next? That's like, you know what, we need to evaluate. We need to hear what's being said to us and then go, how does that apply to me? And so the first thing you have to do is go, you know what, why do I lack margin? Can I let you in on a little secret? Do you want to know why often I lack margin? It's called my... Thank you. I'm glad someone wants to know. (laughs) Otherwise, I'll I'll just talk to you. Cool. (laughs) You know why I lack margin? It's called a little thing called a to-do list. When Tony first started the subject on margin, and over the years as we've talked about it and looked into it, I started to sit down and think, okay, come on, Kath, why is it sometimes I find myself 10 minutes late, 5 minutes late, harassed, stressed, yelling, screaming at the kids, whatever it be, and you have to sit, I have to sit down and go, okay, what, what is it about me that gets me into a position of where I'm lacking margin in my time? And I had this revelation. It's my to-do list. I love to-do lists. I'm a type A personality. Got it all in there because I just like to cross it off. It's done. And I found what I would do was if I had five minutes, it's called a challenge. I've got five minutes. What can I cram in my five minutes? It's like, you know what I could cram in my five minutes? Cup of tea. No, I've got three things on my to-do list. And then you find yourself at the next appointment, you're running late, but hey, I did my three things. Can you see what I'm trying to say? We've got to sit down and ask ourselves the question, what is it that makes me lack margin? Most of us won't sit down. We won't evaluate where we're going. Who here's ever been to a doctor? Cool? Yeah, I'm not going there. You don't just walk into the doctor and say, give me my antibiotics. Or maybe some of you do. But you will walk into the doctor's surgery, okay? And what is the first thing the doctor says to you? He says, tell me your symptoms. Talk to me. Let me know what's happening. Do you know why he does that? Because he's trying to evaluate what your issue is. For some of you, he's like, you know what? Go take a chill pill and you'll be fine. For others, you'll listen, you'll go, okay. So he's evaluating you. He's sitting down, he's listening to your symptoms. Do you know why he wants to evaluate you? Because you're going to be really ticked if you need a penicillin and he gives you an anti-diarrhea medication. You're going to be real, you're not going to be happy because he's misdiagnosed you. But you know what? He sits down, he spends the time to evaluate you, listen to what's going on and then say, okay, here's what I've prescribed for you. And yet we as Christians and believers do it all the time. 
Okay, why am I lacking margin? Have you ever sat down and asked, okay, why am I lacking margin? We say it as, why am I lacking margin? Then we're on to the next thing. Do you want a Vegemite sandwich, Mitch? Why are you lacking margin? Do you want this? It's about time we sit down and go, okay, what is it? Why am I lacking margin? For me, I discovered it was my to-do list. I don't know what it is for you, but you are supposed to sit down and evaluate. Okay, God, what is it about me that gets me to this place? What is it about me? So we're evaluating our actions. The other thing you need to evaluate is your activity. See, how many know fruit trees grow new branches every spring? They don't decide. The other branches get together and say, we're a bit bare on this side of the tree. Let's just sprout some. It's just an organic thing that happens with growth. Fruit trees grow branches every spring. Now, we all know if you want to have a healthy fruit tree, what do we need to do? We need to prune it. To get healthy fruit trees, to have better quality fruit, we need to prune away unnecessary branches so that in the cutting back, life again can flow. Do you know it's the same with our lives and our activities? Our activities have a way of just morphing. I've said our kids can do two external activities each, two sports. We've looked at our lifestyle, we've looked at our commitments, we've looked at the fact we're a family, there's five of us, and we have to all be catered in this, so it's two, that's what it's come down to. But when I said yes to Mitchie playing soccer, I thought soccer was Saturday, 10.30, winter. But soccer, Saturday, 10.30, winter, soon morphed into Wednesday night training. And then Wednesday night training soon morphed into, oh, you know what, the boys are doing a little bit tough, we need now Friday night training. Oh, and by the way, because you're now a part of this, we have an AGM that's compulsory you all need to go to. Oh, and by the way, because you're boys in the soccer, we have a barbecue that once a season you, you need to put yourself on the roster and you need to do Oh, and by the way, there's canteen duty. Oh, and by the way, there's this. And by the way, there's presentation. And, then, and I'm talking about one sport. Our activities have a way of morphing. And we need to look at it and evaluate and go, whoa, 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 whoa. Now, we used to have a rule two sports. The way this is going, we've now got a rule half a sport. (laughs) You can do half a sport. (laughs) You know what I'm saying, all right? Our activities have a way of morphing, and we need to evaluate every time. You hear us talk about stock take. Stock take is simply and purely about understanding what's my position. Businesses do a stock take. They want to know what stock they have so they know what position they're in. This is what our assets are. This is what we've got in stock. This is what we've sold. This is what we need to get. We need to do the same with our lives. We need to take a big pair of secateurs, you know, and snip some stuff off, all right? We need a first key. Remember, we talking about how do we create a margin in time. We need to evaluate. The second key is you need to pray for change. Matthew 7 verse 7 says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. You know what? You just need to ask God for help. Say, God, what is it? That's what I did. I said, okay, I'm hearing these teachings about margin. Okay, God, what is it? When I find myself overextended, when I find myself as time is I'm running late, 10 minutes late to the hairdressers because I was five minutes late to the doctor because I was three minutes late at school, sitting down saying, okay, God, what is it? Asking, saying, God, speak to me. And then God saying, it's your to-do list. Okay, then God, what is it about my to-do list? He said, there's obviously something inherent in you that thinks five minutes 
can be filled. That's what we need to deal with. And so when you ask God, say, God, okay, what is it? And why am I so frazzled? What's going on? Why am I constantly late? Why am I constantly stressed? Why do I feel I've got no time for the kids or no time? Why have I got no margin? Asking God, you'll be amazed at what he'll say to you. He said to me, it's it's your to-do list. And then sitting down and saying, okay, well, what about? What is it about it? And then I had this revelation. I have a warped concept that five minutes sitting down for me equated laziness. It's like five minutes. But I'm like, but I, that's lazy. That's time for me. That's lazy. I could do something with that five minutes. God, ask God. And then having that, okay, you know what? I can do something about this. That's lazy. That's wrong thinking. Remember two weeks ago when we talked about a marginal, a marginal, emotional margin, we said 2 Corinthians 10.5, take captive every thought and make it obedient. So now when I've got five minutes, I still can tell you my first is, oh, what's next on my list? And then that little voice, take captive that thought. Okay, five minutes. I'm going to sit down, make myself a cup of tea. Five minutes. Hey, you know what, Bailey? Make my husband a cup of tea. All right. Five minutes. I can go, hey, BJ. It's our four-year-old daughter because she's always wanting time. And as a mum, you can often find yourself going, yeah, yeah, yes, later, later, later. But now being initiative and saying, you know, Bailey, go get a puzzle. We've got five minutes. Now I might not get the whole puzzle done in five minutes, but we can start something. I've created margin in my time. How? By simply asking God, God, reveal it to me. This is what else he'll do is not only do he'll give you divine strategies. My playing puzzle with Bailey isn't some grand scheme of mine. It's just, it's just a divine strategy of God. He said to me, you know what? Bailey wants some time. Here's, you can give her five minutes and she'll feel like a queen. Or you can continue saying, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. And that's what she'll remember more. Five minutes is nothing. And yet I feel like the mother of all mothers because I've done this. And yet it's a God-divine strategy. He'll give you courage to make the changes. Because for some of us, to make the changes we're going to need to get that margin in time, we're going to need some courage. And I'll, I'll point out... You'll realize why you need courage soon when I give you some more tips. And it'll give you grace to keep persevering because we're not going to get it right first time. Yes, I can still say, no, 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 Bailey, no, no, no. Or yes, I can still find myself screaming down um, McIntyre Road going, ah! <laughs> because I'm supposed to be somewhere five minutes ago. But again, asking God, he'll give you the grace just to keep, I'm going to get this right, God. We're going to get this right together. So pray for change. Thirdly, learn to say no. James verse five, James chapter 5, verse 12 says, Let your yes be yes and your no, no, or you will be condemned. Do you know, no is a complete sentence. It's a complete sentence. The answer is no. Why? Because it's a complete sentence. No. I don't need to give you a reason why. No is a complete sentence. And some of us, we're talking about how do I make margin in time? Some of us have to learn to say no. Do you know there's lots, you may find this hard to believe, but there are lots of things I could do. I could go back to further study if I so required. I could go find full-time employment. I could um, find a hobby something that I would like to get involved in. There's lots of areas of ministry in the church I could put my hand up for. Uh, What else could I do? I could start a business. I know you might find that hard to believe, but I could. Um, I could travel more. I'm having lots of ministry invitations along with Tony. There's, There's lots I can do. You get the point. There's lots I can do. But I've always lived by this mantra, just because I can 
doesn't mean I should. And I think that that's where some of us have to get to when we're talking about how do we create margin in time. You know what? There's stacks. You are capable people. We are capable people. There's stacks we can do, but just because we can doesn't mean we should. And so for us to learn to have some margin in our time, we're going to have to learn to say no to some things. So you've got to ask yourself, what is it only I can do? What is it only I can do? Let me give you a clue. Only I can wife my husband. Sometimes I may wish to delegate that job, but it ain't going to work. I've had some women offer to do that job, seriously. But it really, it ain't going to work. Only I can mother my children. There are only certain things that only I can do. And it's the same for you. There are things that only you can do. So when we're talking about how do we learn to say no, you've got to have a list of what is it only I can do. When I was first starting to get a handle on this, I actually had a list. What can only I do? So that when asked about doing something, feeling about doing something, I always referred back to my list. Does what I'm being asked to do fit in with this? Sometimes it's not something only I can do, but because I've made some margin in my time, I can say yes to that. But if I haven't made margin in my time, it's not something I can do, then I have to learn to say no. Not, no, I don't want to. No, I can't be bothered. Graciously and nicely, but just no. That's not good for me. No, that's not helpful for you. In terms of, you may remember when Tony spoke three weeks ago, he said, in light of blank, is it wise? Remember in in talking about learning to say no, in light of, is it wise? In light of my marriage, is this wise? In light of my parenting, is this wise? In light of the fact I'm a believer, is this wise? Not only do you have to have a to-do list, I think some of us would benefit from a to-don't list. This is my to-do list, this is what needs to be done. This is my to-don't list. This is what I do not need to participate in. Again, not negative or bad, just a reality. This is what I can do. This is what I can't. These are tips and keys on helping us learn to say no. Delegate what you can. And again, remember, always the key, what can only I do? And then possibly delegate the rest. Rick Warren says this, For many people, the barrier to spiritual growth is not lack of commitment, but overcommitment to the wrong things. You know, I don't believe we are lazy inherently. I don't believe we, are, we hate God and we don't want to be involved. I think many of us are just overcommitted to the wrong things. And we've got to learn to say no to the wrong things so we can say yes to the right things. So for some of us to make a margin in time, we need to learn to say no. Fourthly, you need to stop procrastinating. Procrastination is the biggest time waster. Because you know what you do? When there's something you are procrastinating about, there's something you really don't want to do, do you know what you do? You waste time. Because you do everything else but the thing you need to do. And all those little other things you don't really need to do, you don't really need to do, but you do them. And then you go, where'd my time go? So we've got to stop procrastinating. We've got to find the things. Why do you think mum and dads make you eat vegetables first? So you can eat dessert because dessert leaves a nice sweet taste in your mouth. And so what you've got to do is like the thing I really don't want to do, it's like your vegetables. 
But can I tell you, there is nothing more emotionally draining, nothing more time taxing than having that little thing nagging in the back of your head that you know you've got to do, but you're just putting off. I don't want to do it. For whatever reason, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do this. It's too hard. It's this, it's that, whatever. That is a time sapper in itself. And so what we do is we cram our lives with everything else. And then, whether it's in relationship, either with... um, husband or in uh, work or whatever, the boss comes to you and says, well, why isn't this done? And we come to them and say, but I've done all this. And he says, well, that's really fine and dandy, but I didn't care about that. I wanted this. And then we get our nose out of joint and, oh, you don't appreciate what I do. It's like, well, I don't appreciate the fact that you didn't do what I've asked you to do. We've got to, if you want to create a margin in your time, you need to stop procrastinating. Alrighty. How do the hardest tasks first. That's why it was a reward. What about this one? Reduce distractions. Talking about stop procrastinating, just reduce distractions. If you uh, have a penchant to procrastinate, just reduce the things that can do, you know, like hide your mail or because, you know, like we'll open mail. Gee, we'll clean a bathroom before we'll do what we really need to do just because we don't really want to do that. So get rid of the distractions. Henry David Thoreau says, you cannot kill time without injuring eternity. We're talking about how do we make margin in our time. We've got to stop procrastinating. Fifthly, and you're going to hate me for this one, but you've got to turn off the TV. I told you it was practical. The average adult, hey listen to this, this is a a study done a couple of years ago. The average adult would gain 20 to 30 hours a week. Now that's a couple of years ago, so imagine what that is now. Turn off the TV. V. Is the TV evil? No, but the time you give it is not very advantageous to you. It's not bad. It has its place, but come on, turn off the TV. Listen to this. Billy Graham, when asked if starting over, if he would do anything differently, listen to what he said. He said, I'd watch less TV. That shocked me because I have this opinion that I reckon Billy Graham watches less TV than I do. So if he says, I'd watch less TV, I just think, whoa, he would watch less TV. How much more us? And when I say TV, what about Facebook? Now, I'm not bagging Facebook because I think it does have its place if used wisely. It can be a great tool. But you know what never ceases to amaze me when I talk to people and they say, I just don't have enough time, blah, blah, blah. Now, I'll try and go on Facebook once a day, I haven't probably been on it for three days, but I try to do that, and I'm amazed at a number of people who send me stupid Farmville requests. I'm like, dude, you whinging to me, you do not have time. How do you have time to play Farmville? Send me this, send me that, do this, do that. I mean, come on. I'm sorry, but I don't have sympathy, and I've had you in here. You know who I'm talking about. You've said to me, but I don't have time. And I've said to you, well, stop playing Farmville. Or whatever else is on there, there's so many of them. Put it into your thing, PlayStation, DS, whatever. Just TV, videos, iTunes, I don't know. Again, not bad, but you've got to really do a stock take of how much time I give this. We're talking about creating margin in our time. These are hungry, gobbling monsters that you, it's so scary how they can suck your time. I'm, I'm not perfect. I've been on Facebook and I've been horrified that sometimes you think, I can't believe I just spent an hour on this thing. 
It is amazing how it can suck you in. We're talking about creating margin. Turn off the TV. Do something more worthwhile. Read a book. Play a game. Just do something for you. Because here's the key. You'll actually feel better. And you say, well, then I've just spent the time doing so. Yeah, you have. But you'll feel better about that investment than just sitting there watching the gobble box. All right? So turn off the TV. Number six, bucket your duties. What do I mean by that? You know, to create margin, we need to work smarter, not harder. And so sometimes we can save time from not switching from one thing to another. So in other words, it's like uh, I come into the office on a Wednesday morning. The, the first thing I do, if I've got a whole bank of emails, just sit down and do them all at once. Whether you do it first thing, lunchtime, whatever. But to keep coming backwards and forwards. I check an email here, then I go off and do something. Oh, ding, I've got another one. You know what I'm saying? Bucket your time. Remember, we're talking about creating margin. So do all those things together. Because what happens is you put your head in the headspace, you get into it, you're doing it, you're on a roll, blah, 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 blah. It's finished, you get on to the next thing. Whereas if you're going from this to then, to, oh, I've got to go over and do that, and then I've got to go over, then I've got to come back to this. It's like when we do message prep. It's like shut yourself away and get into it because you get on a roll and you get into it, and this is cool. But if you're forever being interrupted, I'm either not going to answer your question because I'm not thinking about it. Even today, getting ready. And Tony's asking me these questions and I'm just going, and he goes, I get it. You're not really with me, are you? I said, no, I'm not with you. I'm th- you know what I mean? And so just that bucket things. And so if it's students and homework, it's like, you know what? If it's straight after school, then sit down straight after school and get into it. Do it until it's finished and then you've got free time. Or if it's, you know what, I like to come home, have a snack, have a bit of a play, do whatever, and then I hit it, whatever. But bucket it, you'll find you'll work smarter, you'll work wiser, less interruptions, and you'll be more effective. It's like, and I'm sorry to use this illustration, but this is my world. It's like when I have to clean the bathroom. I have the privilege of having two bathrooms, one for the kids and one for us. And I hate cleaning them. But I've had this little thing that if, you know what, I clean both together. Because when you clean the house, I don't know, again, it's my type A personality. I like to start at the front door and let's just work our way to the back. But then what happens is you start at the front door, you get to the bedroom, you've done the dusting, the vacuuming, then you've done the toilet and the bathroom, you've done that, you've left it there. Then you go continue vacuuming, blah, blah. Then I've got, now I've got bleach all over me. So now I don't want to be dragging bleach all through the carpet. And you know what I'm saying? Whereas if I now I've discovered this, I do both bathrooms at the same time. So you can squirt the white king around the toilet bowl. Then you can run to the other toilet bowl and squirt it around there because by the time you run back to the ensuite and you, it's ready for you to, that's a toilet brush, go like that. Then you run to the other one and do that. And then by the time you go on there, it's work so you can flush it. And then you can, you know what I'm saying? Talking about buckets. Sorry, it's a toilet illustration, but that is my world. All right. Bucket your duties. Do your chores, whatever it is. You do it all at one in one combined time. Seventhly, And you're going to hate me for this one. From time to time, why don't you fast from technology? (gasps) Who remembers the days before mobile phones? I mean, how did we survive? How did we go to the shops and no one could get hold of us? Thank you, Jesus. You could go to a picnic with your family and nobody could get hold of you. It's like, come on. These, and I said it two weeks ago, the fact that technology is not to blame. It's our response to it. Technology, mobile phones are brilliant. If you're stuck on a highway, your car's broken down, it's great to be able to ring for help. If you've had to, your kids are going somewhere and they're going to finish and you're not there to watch them, they can ring you, great. It's our response. 
But what happens is we take our mobile phones everywhere. So in the movies, you're throwing things at people like, turn your phone off because it's ringing or they're talking. Fast from technology. Don't let the technology rule you. Your emails, turn them off for a change. Turn off your alarm. Just tell you talking about how do you create, not you guys, just thought about it. Youth, turn your alarm an hour earlier, right? But you know what I'm saying? Is we're so dictated to by this technology. We have a rule in our house. We do not answer the phone at dinner time. It is time, you know what? I've got an answer. I've invested in an answering machine. The answering machine is on. I'm, this is time, dinner time with our family. And it's really funny when you've got guests and you see their response. The phone rings and they're waiting for you to get up. And we just continue on as if, they're like, the phone. I'm like, yeah. They'll leave a message if it's important. If it's not important, then they'll ring me back later. Again, it's about how do you make margin? Because we'll be the first to go, I've got no time. I feel harassed. I can't go anywhere. I need some space. It's like, we'll leave your phone behind. It really isn't going to kill you. All right? Fast from technology. Again, I'm not bagging technology because I love it. We need it, but it's got its place and it's our response to the technology. Eighth, plan free time. You know what? We have to teach ourselves to take time. Schedule it in. If you operate by a diary, schedule in free time. In my diary, every week, three workouts. Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, it's in as an appointment. Because it's time for me. I'm talking about how do you make margin in your time. It's there. If it's there as an appointment, if you have to, put in family time. Now, we shouldn't have to live like that. But if you're not having family time, at least start there. And you'll get to that point or where it just becomes natural and organic and you've made some margin in time. But put it in. I spent 11 years working in the dental industry. We had every day two fake appointments. One in the morning, one in the afternoon. Because you can guarantee someone will ring with a toothache. Smashed my tooth, I fell off a bike, fell off a trampoline. I've got a gaping hole. Oh, I've had it for six years, but now it's hurting, so I want you to pay for my mistake. Always scheduling an appointment so when someone rings, I'm not mucking up all my patients who have done the right thing by making appointments, doing whatever. I've scheduled, I've made margin in our schedule that we can accommodate for someone else's slackness or emergency because not everybody is slacking, doesn't go to the dentist and then makes us pay for it. So schedule it in. Diarise workouts, diarise family time, coffee, lunch breaks. You know what? You're not really a hero to go without lunch. People tell you that all the time. Oh, I work so hard I don't go without lunch. I'm like, fool you. Now I know there are seasons and that there are times when you know what? It may be you can't do that. But it's not a hero status to say, look how good I am. It's like you idiot, you're gonna be in the ground you're gonna be in the ground sooner than you think. It's like, you know what, I've got a responsibility, I will. So hear my heart on that. Please don't take it to the extreme, but I'm just saying, I worked, as I said, 11 years in the dental industry, and we had a six-week period where um, a girl left, and my boss and I sat down, he said to me, I want this other girl to start, she can't start for six weeks, can we do this? I worked two jobs for six weeks. We'd sat down, we talked. It was a season that I'd agreed to. I didn't have any other commitments in my life. I could do it, but I didn't live at that place. And then, you know, we'd come to some agreement and he had given me some sort of benefits from afterwards. But you know what I'm saying? That was a season and a period of time, but I didn't live there. And it's not a hero. You've got to put in your lunch breaks, put in your coffee breaks, do what it's needed 
And some of you may have to shorten your lunch breaks or your coffee breaks, but you know what I'm saying. Um, So don't schedule every second of the day. If every second of the day is scheduled, what happens when life happens? Because life happens. Things just go that I just wasn't expecting that. But if I've got margin in my time, I'm able to cope with that better. You can adjust when you have the space. And then lastly, automate what you can. Pete was talking about tithes and offerings and having direct debits. We're talking about how do you make margin in your time. Okay, if we do have technology, then let's use it to our advantage. We've got BPay. We've got all these things that we can do so that I don't forget a bill and then I'm getting charged more and then I've got, now I can't pay it on, on the phone or whatever. Now I've got to run around and do it. And it, again, we're eating into our margin. We're talking about how do we make margin in time. Automate what you can. Now I know we've had, uh, what do you call it, water restrictions. And so we haven't been able to use sprinklers unless you've got the drippers, but they've loosened that now. So things like automated watering systems, things that you just don't have to worry about that can be done. And to me, it's smart. But how do I make margin? I know my gardens will be watered because the timer will click on for a certain amount of time. My garden's watered and it's been no stress to me. I've still got that time. I had to replace our washing machine last year. I don't know. Are there any other women here who think, I thought white goods you bought them once in your lifetime? It's like 16 years. What do you mean I've got to buy a new washing machine? The guy said to me, 16 years, you've done well. So anyway, I had to buy this new washing machine. And so my one stipulation was it had to be, I didn't care about brand, whatever. I said the one stipulation, it had to have like a timer. And you can get them on cheap machines. You don't have to spend mega bucks. But it just means that for me, I can set my washing machine so it washes overnight and... When I get up and I'm ready to go at 7 o'clock in the morning, my load's finished. So I can set it. So at 6, if it's an hour cycle, it starts at 6, it's finished at 7, it's there when I've got time to hang it out. A simple thing, but do you know how much time that saves me? Because do you know how many times before I had to rewash washing? Because I'd put it in the machine, and how many know that if you leave wet washing in the machine, it kind of, it's rank. I tried to hide it once. I thought, if I just hang it out, no one will know. <laughs> until my husband put a shirt on and went, oh my God, what's that smell? I went, oh honey, it's you. <laughs> so I've learned. I've automated my machine. It got, I set it to start at six. It's finished at seven. So when the kids are eating breakfast and with my schedule and whatever your schedule is for you, it's just a small thing, but it's something that makes margin in time. Automate what you can. Shopping, online groceries. I don't know, I've never done it. Because I'm one of those sick individuals. I actually like walking up and down the aisle. It's relaxing for me. But anyway, online grocery shopping. It may help you probably even spend less. So it'll be helpful in your um, financial margin. So online shopping saves you time running around. Whatever. Automate what you can. If the band want to come up, that would be cool. I finished two weeks ago by saying 2 Corinthians 10.3 says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. Creating margin is counter-culture. It's everything opposite to what this world tells you. Ah, buy now, spend now, do this, you know, live full, do whatever. I do live full, but I've got margin in time because of some of these things I've put in place. Mary was criticised. Remember the story of Mary and Martha? She was criticised for making time, having margin in time to spend time with Jesus, but yet Jesus affirmed her. It will not happen by chance for you to have margin in your life, it just won't happen. It'll happen 
when we take seriously the keys that have been shared and we apply them to our lives. It requires a determined effort, but if you make the adjustments that we've shared over these last couple of weeks, I believe you'll have margin. And we're creating margin, and I think I said this two weeks ago too, not to fill it with useless stuff again. So I've made all this time and now I'm just going to come and fill it with useless stuff. But the reason we want you to create margin is so that each and every one of us can fulfill the plans and purposes that God has called us to do. I said two weeks ago, 2 Timothy 1.9 says, you've not only been saved, but you've been called. And I fear many Christians live saved. I'll have you Jesus so that my eternity is secure But many Christians don't live called. And I don't know about you, but I want to live called. I want to have my eternal salvation. I want to spend the rest of my life with Jesus. But right here, right now, I want to do the very things he's asked me to do, he's called me to do, he's gifted me to do, and I'm only going to do them, and you are only going to do them when you create margin in these areas so that you can be obedient to God. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen, and God bless.